Hey guys, I'm Adam Rapport, and this is the Bon Appetit Foodcast, and I'm calling you from home, where I imagine a lot of people are right now. As we sort of wade into this uncharted territory, uh, we are approaching everything we do at Bon Appetit a little differently, um, including the podcast. We have several conversations recorded from before the coronavirus outbreak, which we will be airing each week, but only after we check in with various staffers about uh, what they're cooking at home, what their newfound routines are, what their challenges are, what their successes are. One note, as you can probably hear, we are recording this introduction remotely, uh, as well as the first segment uh, where I get on Zoom on my computer and talk to Carla Lolly Music. Uh, and after that, Carla sat down a few weeks ago in studio uh, with the lovely and hilarious Pamela Adlon. Uh, if you haven't seen all three seasons of her show, Better Things, listen to this episode and then go watch them. Uh, you can find it all on Hulu, um, where season four just launched a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Lord knows we all have time right now. Uh, Carla asked Pamela all about how the show mimics her real life and in particular, the role that cooking plays in it. Uh, they talk about their kids and all the weird things kids do, and they laugh a lot. All right, here we go. Carla Music, uh, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I am thankful for a lot of things right now, one of them being that there's actually space at home for us to not be on top of each other, so I'm very grateful for that because we're going to be together for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, we've had actually had Marlon Simone and I have spent a really nice, actually four or five days, family time, been very chill. Marlon's been great. Um, and I appreciate it a lot. Um, yeah. I do wonder come like day 30, how we're all going to be doing, but so far I feel like everyone has been stepping up to the challenge and I think everyone's been trying to be, understanding of, of what's in front of us. Totally. On the food front, we recorded a few weeks ago about how to sort of prepare for this. And at the time, it was almost theoretical, abstract, like, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to go buy a bunch of groceries. And it almost seemed like, okay, sure. And now that we're fully in it, I'm just curious to understand how you're doing and like, what has come to fruition? What lessons have you learned? What's working? What's not working? Yeah, it's almost quaint looking back on that conversation now. I think we were thinking about it like a blizzard was coming, you know, and we were going to be home for a few days. Um, so one of the the resets for me has been really thinking about how to incorporate both kind of a pantry that is going to help me build meals and keeping enough fresh food and freezer in stock for variety and so that I don't feel like every meal has to be a project, you know? That's a good point because some meals you want to be a project because you want something to do. Maybe you want to get the family involved. And there's other times where like I had bought a bunch of frozen little ravioli sort of things at the Italian market. And one night we're like, you know what? Let's just watch a movie and not do a big meal. And I yeah. grabbed those from the freezer boiled them up and then tossed them with some butter and Parmesan and nutmeg. And that was delicious, but it was super simple and not time consuming. Yeah. I think that's really important because when we have this idea that we're going to be stuck inside because of like a weather event or, um, you know, things that maybe as humans in this world, we can relate to, 
you know, being stuck at home for a few days in that context, it's really fun to do a big project and cook all day. But now that what we're really thinking about is, no, this is normal life and normal life is at home. And maybe your kids are doing online classroom and you have to make lunch. Like you can't be kind of elbows deep in like, you know, big project BA's best bolognese lasagna um, when, you know, someone needs a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I'm just trying to think about that balance, having some things that are hands off and take maybe a few hours to cook like a stock or a braise, but really thinking about that as multiple meals down the line. Um, and then also balancing that with like, you know, I, I reheated some, I had some comfy chicken. Okay. So like, that's a personal kind of problem that I had, but I had comfy chicken in my fridge that I had made like several weeks ago. And last night I decided, you know, use a couple of canned black beans, um, heated those up. I had a sofrito. I had done a big batch sofrito. So I have like little jars of sofrito, really easy way to get a lot of fast flavor, made the black beans, crisped up the chicken thighs, heated up some fajitas, put out sour cream, and we kind of had like a little taco night. You remind me of Emil Stonic, who believes that nothing ever really goes bad in the refrigerator. <laughs> like, yeah. I um, mean, I had two, I got two um, jars of schmaltz out of the deal too. So, yeah, you know, you it works. We, um, we were in a Zoom meeting, about 20 of us earlier today, um, talking about story ideas. And just that notion of talking about lunch that when we're all stuck at home, we still need to sort of build some sort of schedule for ourselves and like actually take time to sit down at a table and eat lunch. And that otherwise your day can just sort of tumble from one thing to the next. And next thing you know, it's like 530 and you're like, wow, I'm still in my sweatpants and I haven't had an actual meal or a moment to communicate with someone in a non-professional level or something. Um, I think that's really important. I thought was a great tip last time we spoke was a, like, yeah, we do want some fresh ingredients in our diet. It's not just pantry items, but then to be mindful about the shelf life of those items. Yes. Like, and so I, we bought a bunch of stuff at a farmer's market and I had this beautiful celery, but you know that thing, like after a few days, celery gets kind of rubbery, you yes. know, gets kind of limp. And I was like, well, meanwhile, then I had these two big heads of cabbage and I'm like, all right, the cabbage is fine. That's, I have it in a cool place. That'll probably be fine a month from now, but that celery I need to make tonight right. or else it's going to go bad. So I ended up making that tiger salad we have on bonapetit.com where you slice up some celery, cilantro and cucumbers and like a rice wine, uh, sesame oil dressing. And that was delicious. And I made it also with that the next subject, again, what we touched on a few weeks ago, but I did end up going to Dixon's farm stand meats, which is a, if you have a nice butcher shop near you, this is a great time to, buy a bunch of cuts of meat that if they can vacuum seal them and you can just immediately freeze them. Yeah. Um, and so I had like a little flat iron steak, which is kind of a thin cut and I just didn't even defrost it all the way. So it's actually, you can slice it thin easier mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. and made Chris Morocco's basic bulgogi, Korean style bulgogi on bonapiti.com. And that was delicious and easy and fast. And it just felt like a sensible balance of like, all right, one thing from the freezer one fresh ingredient before it goes bad. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that sort of ingredient management we're all going to have to deal with in the coming month. I think, um, I love that bulgogi recipe by the way. And I saw your picture. It looked so good. I think that 
one thing I'm trying to um, reassure people as often as possible. There's a lot of food in the grocery stores. We got a lot of, we kind of got bombarded at the beginning with this like Armageddon. Everybody was posting pictures of all the empty shelves and the empty freezer case. And I think it really freaked a lot of people out. And I think that if you're going to like a big box store that maybe had a huge volume of people very quickly, that, that was true. You know, there, that, that inventory was depleted fast. But I really do want everybody to remember that there's a lot of food in the United States and there's a lot of distribution that is 100% intact and not to feel like you need to have in the house right now a month's worth of three meals a day for the next 30 days. I think keeping a balance of pantry stuff, fresh food, freeze, you know, freeze some meat, freeze sausages, whatever it is, and kind of keep those zones replenished but no one can fit enough food for 30 days in their fridge at once anyway and 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 you shouldn't feel like you have to so taking it like one week 10 days at a time but you know i and i know being mindful about being in crowds and stuff like that grocery stores are are open be safe about it when you go in um and and you can buy food yeah, thankfully, I think we're we're in good shape right now. Um, spatial management is also interesting. I um, it's a roundabout story, but I'm old friends from way back in the day with Andrew Carmelini, who's now a very successful chef. He's got a bunch of restaurants in New York and Detroit. Um, and yesterday, they had to shut down all their restaurants and at least temporarily lay off 400 people. Uh, something that the entire restaurant industry is being crippled right now. And it's really unclear how that's all going to play out and, and who's going to have people are going to make a living, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, he was like, they were literally clearing out their kitchens and a lot of food they get people they were able to give away. He had like 20 loaves of frozen bread. He's like, do you want some bread? And one thing I do think, which is a tip, which I know you guys do in the BA kitchen, which is nice. If you have a loaf of bread, you can slice it up, put it in a Ziploc bag and then freeze that. Yeah. So every time you can take out one slice and toast it instead of having to defrost an entire loaf or whatever and eat it all at once, which I think is great advice. The challenge I'm having is we have a small freezer. So I'm like, well, can I, what can I fit in the freezer? And I'm, am I managing my freezer space properly? Or do I have a bunch of random stuff in there that I don't really need? What's your freezer thoughts? I use my freezer really to freeze components for meals instead of like complete meals. So for example, Everybody was talking about that all the frozen pizzas were gone, so, yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. You know, I get it. But if I went out and bought six frozen pizzas, my entire freezer would be full. You know, it's not, they're, they're not very efficient use of space. Um, but things like cooking grains, freezing them in Ziploc bags, you can fit a lot of that into the, into the freezer. Time out. You mentioned this last time. Yeah. So you're saying like if you have like farro or something, you'll boil it, cook it, and then you cool it. Yeah. On a tray and then put it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. And then and freeze you do it with it when you unfreeze it. So you could just unfreeze it. You could make a stir fry from it at that point. You could make a grain salad once it comes back to room temperature. Warm it back up and dress it with a little olive oil. You could add it to a brothy soup. Um, you could make a, you know, kind of 
ad hoc risotto out of it, you know, um, <clears throat> cook you, it with you some. Should, you, should, you should write a cookbook. <laughs> I've thought about it. You could also reheat it. I have been, um, this is a very like nostalgic, delicious thing to me, but grains can go sweet too. So you could warm up some um, grains that were cooked just with a little bit of salt and water. And even if they had a little bit of olive oil, warm those up like you would um, oatmeal, a little bit of milk, some cinnamon. Huh little drizzle of maple Interesting. that would Maybe. be like a delicious breakfast or honestly like if you need a little comfort food for dinner have some like warm sweet faro <laughs> throw on maybe some sauteed apples or something yeah on top now, of there. You're, now you're talking interesting okay i'm gonna put that on my list and are you someone who always has homemade stock in your fridge or freezer i don't always but weirdly i'll have things like sometimes i have stock and i did make a roasted um a couple of weeks ago i think maybe the first time we talked about this stuff i made a roasted poultry broth um broth stock whichever one it is and i've got that frozen in like one and a half cup or pint size containers you know like not a giant quantity so when you thaw it actually i threw i threw one of those into those black beans that i made the other day um but sometimes i have bean cooking liquid so when you cook mm -hmm. like a nice batch of brothy beans and you eat the beans save the broth that can be used in lots of ways question you had mentioned that in your video of your famous bean video where you were making patch trophers uh beans the chef at marlowe and sons um i saved the broth i made those beans the broth is delicious what can I do with that broth now? You know, right. what do you like to do with the leftover broth? So you can use it to braise things. So if you want to make oh. a, a braise and you don't have stock or you want to do a mixture of stock and bean broth, you can do that. So yes. for instance, I have a pork shoulder yes. in my freezer. If I so make the pork I. shoulder, instead of using chicken stock, I can just pour, pour in the bean stock, which to your point has like, it's got salt, it's got garlic, it's got oil in there. It's a very just rich, fragrant broth. A hundred percent. And if it seems oh, like a okay. little... You know, if it seems a little too starchy or thick, mm -hmm. you could use like part bean broth and part water, okay. you know, just to thin yeah, it out yeah. if it seems like thick. Or um, I can take some ahead. of that frozen farro from my freezer and heat it up in the broth and have like a farro soup. That's what I was going to say next. Oh my God. my mind. Poached um, egg, throw a poached egg in there. Why not? You could even just heat up the bean broth with then, if you fin finish the dry beans that you made, you could throw canned beans into that, um, wilt some greens into it. You would have like a little beans and greens soup. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm getting hungry now. I'm going to do that. All right. Uh, before we let you go, um, you have two hungry boys. Uh, there's also Fernando in your house. Um, yep. Are the, do they have sweet tooths and what are you doing in terms of desserty projects or otherwise? How do you approach that? Well, as you mentioned, I've got another cookbook that I'm supposed to be writing right now. Um, and I'm in the dessert section. So oh, today, okay. today I'm making um, a, a galette, a banana galette. So we'll see how mm -hmm. that goes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know, not your That's favorite. That's my worst nightmare. I know. I had also kind of stocked up on baking chocolate and that is kind of nice because you can snack on baking chocolate, but you can also chop it up to make say chocolate chip cookies. You can melt that chocolate to make brownies or chocolate sauce. Question for those yeah. who are wondering, um, when you say baking chocolate, what percentage of cocoa do you consider that? 
I like sort in, in the semi-sweet, bittersweet mm. realm, like 62 to 70, but whatever you like, you know what okay, I mean? Cool. Um, I think anywhere in the 50 to 70 is like perfectly nice for snacking on. I'm going to put that on. I have a list going of the next things we need to buy, but I'm going to put that. Simone yesterday made those. She just now in 2020 heard about the uh, pan bang chocolate chip cookies. Where you those, yep. And so she got very excited to make those. So, so when she made them and uh, they were pretty good, you know, yeah. we're still a little too close. They really spread out a lot. They're ginormous. But anyway, so she and Marlon were very excited about that last, last night. I do think having like a little something sweet in the house is, is nice right now. You know what I mean? Whatever gets you through it, man. I think so. All right, Carla Music, thank you so much. Hang in there and we can look for you, your newsletter, keeping us up on what you're cooking, et cetera, et cetera, every Wednesday? Every week, we've been moving it around a little bit. So we've yeah. published it Monday the last two weeks, but my normal slot is Wednesday. And, you know, definitely keeping up with everything that's happening on the BA Instagram and on my personal Instagram too, trying to um, share any kind of good cooking stuff that I've got going on. So um, really good to connect with people, hear from people, see what people are making. And thank God for technology, right? Oh my God. Thank God. It's great. So yeah, you can go to bonapete.com. If you go to the little hamburger window and sign up for the newsletter, I think that'll get you Carla's and my newsletters. Um, we've done some Insta stories with you where you're answering questions from readers and users. Um, but yeah, so just follow BA and Instagram, sign up for the newsletter and you can follow Carla and all of her cooking learnings and lessons and successes in these coming weeks and months. And hopefully we can all hang in there together. All right. Totally. Yep. Great to see you. Thanks, Carl. Bye. Right, ciao. Okay. Thanks so much to Carla. And now here's Carla with Pamela Adlon. And we're off. Okay. Deep level of fan womaning going yeah. on. People we're sometimes like... <laughs> people will come up to me sometimes and be like, Oh my god, I'm having a fangirl moment. I'm like, I don't fangirl yeah. Pamela Adlon. I fan woman. Yes. We fan uh just we fan humanity each other. Yeah. I don't know. It's like when I when I heard that you wanted to speak to me <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm always walking around going, do they know, do they understand it's me and it's not Constance Zimmer or somebody else? I know. (laughs) It's not. Okay. I still have that. (laughs) Fan personing. Yes. Yes. And season four is coming out in a couple days. Uh, Tomorrow. Oh my God. March 5th. Wow. I don't know when this airs. So March 5th. It'll already be out. Okay. There you go. And if you haven't watched seasons one, two, and three, like- Whenever I meet someone who hasn't seen all the seasons of a show that I am like extremely excited about, yeah, I just feel like, well, they've just got like you're just in for a treat. Yeah, I mean the whole two next two weeks of your life, just block it out. I know it's crazy because um, people are they're binge watching. So you know my show has been very under the radar. So people are you know they recognize me from the other stuff that I've done, right. and I say, well, you have to see my new show, and they're like, what's it called? I'm like. Better things have you been in a coma? Seriously. But uh, the great thing is that now we're going to be on Hulu and 
hopefully it will expand. That's where the I just finished se- season three. It was That's on incredible. Hulu. Right. Yeah. And I binged. I had stopped at some like season, episode eight, and I don't know why. Yeah. It's like you well, go through you these get things. Busy. Like probably someone said, like, job. watch Fleabag now. And then yes. I like, you know what I mean? Then you're like doing something else. I know. Um, I know. I do have children. They're um, it's kind of a thing. They, they really are attention. massive time suck. Yeah. <laughs> they really, you know, it's funny because they, it was so involving when they were little. I have three daughters and so they were like stacked and it was so intense. And then one day I woke up and I was like, wait, I think I might need other work procured for the future. Like I was always kind of thinking ahead. Yeah. And now my girls are all older and all I want to do is spend time with them. Right. When they were really young, I was like, just please, everybody get away from me. Go to sleep. Anything. Are you ever going to go to sleep? Please. <laughs> I remember just being at night being like, looking like looking at the clock and being like, how many more hours? You know what's going to freak you out? Sleep. When they go to bed after you. Right. When you go to sleep before then. The I remember the first time. that now. And it freaks me out. Like I kind of was staying up until he gets home. Oh yeah. But now sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to be up till one thirty in the morning. I mean. And, and they're like, uh, can like 20 people come over <laughs> yeah. later? And it's like 1145. What, what are you talking about? You mean tomorrow? Right. No, just mom, just for a little bit. And then they name off like five people. Right. And you're like, I know two of those. And I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving. You keep the house. So so I'm, I'm, I'm working on recipes at home a lot right now because I'm working on my second cookbook. So now mm-hmm. when he brings people over, there's a couple of his friends that are like, ooh, is there going to be, is she going to be having those recipes there? They came home one day and I had chicken cutlets I'd been working on chicken cutlets all afternoon and there were like five different versions like with potato flour rice flour regular flour and they came home and it was just like a buffet a chicken cutlet buffet and now they think every time they come over there's going to be a chicken cutlet buffet I'm like no I'm done with that recipe you might get like wild rice salad it's so funny because my youngest she you know she'll say mom I'm bringing Eric home you know he's really picky can Eric come for dinner? Yes, come on, bring him. He's really picky, Mom, so I don't know if he's going to eat it. No. Of course they eat it. Of course. You know, and whenever I make something, you know, Rocky's my youngest, she'll say, okay, your brown chicken's not my favorite, but anything you cook, I'll eat. Interesting. Yeah. Not my favorite. That's not very. My favorite. That's very kind. Yeah, thanks. What do you make for the picky eaters? Now I just make what I'm making. Right. I don't, you know, I, I was... I was getting to a point where I was making three different dinners. Oh, and so I was you like, were like a short insane. order cook. Yes. <laughs> you're like, what section of the menu? Sorry, we stopped serving <laughs> I'm breakfast. Like, no, I need to go out for a smoke break. Okay, you and your third grade. No, because me and all the short orders are outside. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. But I did not want to do that kind of thing. Like I was never right. just. Um, uh, you know, mac and cheese for the kids right. and fish for the grownups and things like that. So, um, I, I mean, since my oldest was a baby, I was chopping up salad for her. Amazing. You know, into little little tiny bits. And so um, uh, my youngest particularly was the most picky. Now she's eating everything. Well, that's good to know. Which is incredible. My second one is selective, I like to say. Yeah. He, but it's like rand. It's not like he just likes kid food right he likes 
you know, he'll eat raw oysters, but if you give him like... But it has like, to be from um, Union Oyster House at, at <laughs> yeah, like only, Faneuil Hall. That's right. Yeah. And salon, like strong flavors. Yeah. Salami or like what he'll eat blue cheese, but then he won't eat a piece of broccoli if it's like anything past like crisp tender. So like, what's that's your called deal? being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a deal. He owns you. And then he became a vegetarian. Oh, of course. Of course. Oh, no. Yes. They did this to me, too. My middle did this to me. One day, she just, salami. It was always salami. She called it Emma Lolly. Oh, my God. She loved it so much. And then one day, she's like, eating the salami. And I get the good, the good salami. Of course. And she just goes, Mom, what's this? And I go, it's salami. <laughs> but what is it? Salami. Right. No, Mom, what is it? pork what's pork mm. and then when I told her she looked at me like I had just betrayed her that was it never again oh she my was god so upset with me how old she was probably around five five yeah. or six That's like when, yeah. super young mm -hmm. and so she stopped and then I said can you please just for me I need you to eat fish yeah I need you to be, because she said she wanted to be vegetarian. Oh, we went through the whole bi bivalve thing. I there had a you go. whole thing about bivalves. So oh bivalves God. are non-sentient beings. Okay. So some vegans and yeah. vegetarians eat bivalves because they don't have like a central nervous system and like feelings or whatever. Oh, is that the thing? Some people go by this like bivalve rule. It doesn't sound appetizing, but sure. If but a like bivalve. to me, like to be able to have linguine and clams or like right because he's ten. When he did this the first time, he was nine, uh -huh. and it's like protein is a thing. You know what I mean? Huge. And he's not the best, most versatile eater. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you're really gonna eat beans and tofu like every day? Like, can we get a bivalve? I was literally like brokering. Can we get a bivalve? Hey. A bivalve. I was like, can we compromise on bivalves? Oh and he was like, God. I'll allow the bivalves. I was like, great. So with like mussels, scallops, yeah. the occasional clam. So an clam. octopus is not a bivalve. No, an octopus ha is very, they have brains. They have brains and memories. They're supposedly smarter than terrible. we are. Oh, like, we're not supposed to really eat I the octopus. <laughs> like earlier today. I just had an octopus. Yeah. Sorry. Was it a baby? I had one of his yeah, tentacle. Feel bad. I mean, I get it, but it is <clears throat> very challenging. Now he went on on round 2 vegetarianism. Yeah. And he tried to come at me with vegan. Like literally one night same thing at happened. At bedtime I was like, "What's your deal?" And he just burst into tears and told me that he had told everyone at school that he was vegan. Yeah. And he, he wasn't sure what to eat. So yeah. he was just eating like a roll and a and a water. It turns yeah. out he was also eating all of the donuts that apparently are available at school if you sure. get there at a certain totally time. Totally vegan. <laughs> totally vegan. But then I was like, like you Jello. can't be vegan. Yeah. I know my middle, my middle, then one day she dropped the vegan card and I was like, oh God, I can't do this. And she was just on the cusp of being a teenager. Yeah. And so I said, you need, so I had to look it up and it was lignum oils. Mm. She needed lignum oils, which Are those is- the fishy ones? It's in Brazil nuts. Oh. You can find them. And so I had to get that into her body and I, I went through a frenzy and then she wasn't growing. Oh my goodness. The whole thing, but- now she, uh, she is like, I mean, she used to be like a brontosaurus. She would only eat lettuce leaves with lemon. 
And now she's just throws down on everything. I mean, well, they that's all good. Everything. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this because we're talking about food. And then very quickly, you're talking about feelings. Yes. And then it's like family yes. and like nurturing. Mm-hmm. And all of these things are so wound up in food. Yeah. And there's parallels. I know there's parallels between your your real life and then the life of your character on the show. Right. So did you know, like you're a person who cooks and you right. do all this for your family. Like how? when did that start being important to you? Well, it was, I always wanted to do more of it than I could when they were little. Because you were working. And because it was three of them. So yeah. yes, so I'd be gone and then I'd come home and I'd I'd want to be with them. And, and I found that it was a thing that was, it took me away from them. And I wanted to keep my priorities straight. The cooking took you away from them. If if you were cooking something complicated. Yeah. And so I kept it simple. Yeah. I tried to keep it simple for as long as possible. And then I started realizing it doesn't have to be so complicated. And there's a way that we could be making food and that everybody could eat it within an hour. Right. You know what I mean? It's so huge. um I, I mean, I'm somebody who just like I lust after. We talked about cookbooks. I have, I had, I still have a huge collection of cookbooks, but it was like so much. Any time I could get my hands on a cookbook, that's what I read. And that is that how you started cooking? Was it through? No, I always, I, I was always cooking. One of the last things, uh, my my father passed away in 94, and I made him a roast. He came to my apartment, and I made him a roast, and it was just, he was so excited by it. My dad had started cooking before he uh, passed away. He, you know, was talking about fish so much and sushi, and then he got a steamer, and he was making sauces mm. and doing fish the way later Nobu was doing uh-huh. when he was doing like the whole steamed fish uh-huh. and he had the sauces and there was a, a time that he had a, a, not a Matsuhisa in LA but an Uban mm. which is his name right. backwards right. and he did this gorgeous this whole fish with the sauces yeah. and that's kind of something that um, night market yeah you know which love is, that restaurant so good like I can't it's too much flavor it's the flavor I took my mother there we were there for my daughter's birthday and she screamed at the <laughs> the waitress and they were all so happy to have us there. We had yeah. a big private room. She said, you can't serve this to people. She ordered mild and I mean, she was literally shitting her brains out as she was eating it. But anyway, so my mother always cooked. She did. You know, I remember my mother making us uh, meatballs and she would get the raw ground beef and she would make balls and she would put garlic salt on it and hand it to me and I would eat it raw. Raw. Same. My mom would do the same. She had meatballs, but she also used to do this like seasoned hamburger patty. Yes. That I thought was so, she puts different stuff in the patty. Yes. Like shallots and who knows I should need to ask her mustards and salt and pepper and then we would have a little bite of yeah. the raw meat which I thought was so good I, I had no idea like it wasn't like I was eating beef tartare as a nine-year-old but that raw beef 
tasted so good. And now to we're me, like. To me, it was better than the cooked. I loved it. Just with garlic salt. Yes. On the the raw ground beef. Yeah. She would do the um, clams casino. Yeah. She, and she would bake it. Buy valves. Buy valves, baby. <laughs> Can I buy a valve? I'm sorry, Pat. I need to buy I'd like a to valve. buy a valve. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna That's use like that. That's like my cart when I do that cartoon dog laugh. The like <laughs> dastardly <laughs> wacky races. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in a house where that people were cooking. Yes, the food was good. So I yeah. feel like this is a really big part. This is how I started cooking. Mm-hmm. I didn't cook at home. Until I left. And I was like, right. the food there was very good. The right. food here is terrible. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, how do I? Wait, where's, where did all that food go? Specific to, to that house. It. Got it. And that's when I, because I feel like I yeah. knew, I knew what good food was. Right. I just didn't know how to, she was, she had it on lock. You know yeah. what I mean? My mom. Um, Except when my mom made liver. Cobb's okay. Liver. Well, did no. your mother make so she you're younger than me she likes liver my my father doesn't eat it but yeah. she would sometimes make it the one thing that she she sometimes made this is so crazy now she sometimes would make cow's brain whoa in like her cast sweet iron breads. skillet sweet well breads. sweet bread is the like the thymus oh, it's like okay. that one piece but this is like a slice of brain. It just looks like spaghetti. Okay, Dr. Lecter mom. <laughs> it just looks slash like mom. spaghetti. And I remember her making that a couple times just for her, her and, and my dad. And you had the salami moment and that my I was dog, just like, did you go mom? What is I was this? like, what are you? And it was like calf's brain. I was like, that's, I remember saying to my mom, that's disgusting. And I really, I remember this, I was probably like 14 or 15. And she said, if you don't like it, you can get out of the kitchen. And I was like, fair. You know what? Because my father was from Boston. And, you know, of course, me growing up, I, I was living in New York mm-hmm. and we would go to Boston for all the Jewish things. So I, in my head, was like, Boston's the most Jewish town in America. <laughs> we yeah. All the Jews go to Boston for Pesach and the Jewish things and the deli. Because that's, that's where your Jews were? That's where my Jews were. And so we would we would go there and I remember... Because we ate it all the time, but I went to the deli with my dad, and he ordered the stuff to take home. The schmickes, uh-huh. which is the cream cheese with the scallions, and all of the different things. And then he pointed at the tongue in the cabinet, right? and it was whole. And so when I was home, like you're eating the sandwich, yeah. tongue, you, you yeah, don't it's think like about it. Sliced. It it's doesn't like, like yeah. hit you like the words bivalve, right. you know? So... When I saw it was a whole tongue, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what you've been giving me? And I was like, I'm drawing a line. I'm like Carla with the cow brains. I just got what that is. It's a tongue. There's a moment. When you see the cow tongue for the first time in the case, it is so much bigger than our tongues. You know, I remember our whole head. (laughs) Yeah. And being like, that's kind of gross I feel like I had that same exact moment and I was with my dad at Carnegie Deli we were in Carnegie Deli and he ordered a tongue sandwich and I was like you don't mean like tongue tongue that's like everybody's (laughs) tongue in the world in a sandwich I've never seen so many tongues dad I'm out I was like tapping out baby I'm I'm out just give me some pastrami I'm cool yes exactly but no okay so I feel like that's so important 
this food connecting yeah. back because yeah. some people get into adulthood or and just don't give well it's fascinating they don't give to a shit think about back, food really. i'm remembering all of the foods from that time and i'm remembering when they had chopped liver and when it would be like passover and they'd have the matzah and people would be put it, having the chopped liver and i was like this is so disgusting i hate it and so through the years and and the things on the seder table like the what's the one with the walnuts like it's the uh-huh. mortar Har- of the wall harosa harosa and so i later on i learned how to make those things taste good mm-hmm. and that's why that's i came key. to talk about condiments today <laughs> i am here to talk about condiments. Do you want to tell me about your citrus. chopped liver? Chopped liver is citrus. Citrus Okay, and but condiments. chopped liver is the one. I've, I have very few, like, food aversions besides right. the calves brain, which, like, let's be honest, does not come We're up We're never that going much. back. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And it just doesn't, like, come up a lot. Right. You don't have to. But chicken liver is a thing I don't really care for. So the chopped liver for me. My husband loves it. And then all the, I mean, culturally, very I, important food. I I did not want to mess with it yeah. at all. So and how then, do you make it? So I would watch people eat. Yeah. And so my, my oldest daughter, Gideon, she had this with me when since she was very young. She would say, Mommy, is that good? And she would say, you make it look so satisfying. As you're eating it? Yes. And so she, and still to this day, she's 22 now and she looks at me and she goes, Mom, I want, I should have ordered that. Really? Yeah. And so- it's a thing like I would watch people eat and I would say, why is my cousin Lynn eating that chopped liver? Mm-hmm. And so one day <laughs> I took the butter. It had been sitting out and there's nothing. Come there's on. literally nothing. What better. are you talking about? I know. Who, there's I, not, why would you put why the butter? Are we why is it in the Let's fridge? Let's go home. Yeah. Why would you ever? <laughs> the only time I want cold butter is if I'm making pie. That's it. Otherwise, it better be on the counter. Oh. It's heaven, heaven to me. How about a salted Irish butter? Hello. Come you on. You know what I ate yesterday? What are you talking about? Because I just had to. I had a really nice loaf of challah from yeah. Russ and Daughters because we'd gone over the weekend. And I took a look at that challah when I got home yesterday. And I was like, I'm cutting it. Baby, a mommy's off coming. Of you. I had the soft butter, a little salt. Salt. Li- little pepper. Literally nothing. nothing. I didn't put pepper. Delicious. I do pepper. But like the salt the butter and the challah and I was like whole again I was like okay now I can do what I have to do because like I I needed that it's heaven and then I have the thoughts of like just bread and butter why are we all freaking out about all the different foods in yeah. the world just what are you just, talking about just get some bread That's and butter. What, my youngest had this just with me the other day you know because it just every morning racking my brain yeah breakfast and lunch yes. and everything and she goes mom you know what because I was doing jam butties all the time and whatever. She goes, just so one day I just made her toast yeah. with butter. And Great. she goes, that's perfect. That's all I want. And so that's how I learned to do the the chopped liver. Because I looked at the soft butter. Yeah. I took the matzah. I spread the soft butter on the matzah. Put the chopped liver, salt and pepper. Now we're talking. There we go. There we. Are. It's a totally different thing. Fat, two different foods. Fat and seasoning. Hello, makes everything. It's better. the greatest thing ever. Pretty much. And for me, when I, you know, would take my girls and we would get a, I would always try to get a kitchen. It doesn't matter. Get a kitchen. Get a villa. Get a kitchenette. You're gonna save so much money. Yes. Making your own food. Right. As opposed to buying the shitty hotel food. Yep. It's a nightmare. Yep. So. 
anytime I go, I get avocados. Always bring lemon, salt, all of my condiments. This is when you're traveling. Sardines. So you have like all of it. One bag for sardines and condiments. Yes. Am I getting that right? This is condiments. On <laughs> our new episode of Condiments, with exactly. Carl and Pam. It's my. I, I. Those are my obsession. I. I Half literally fr- change my, everything. I, three quarters of the fridge is condiments. That's what I realized the other day. I was like, the fresh food in here is taking up a very small amount of space. Yeah. All of the space is being taken up. Pepperoncini. By freaking condiments. Pickles, cheese, cornichons. And, the, and Emma. Frank's Red Hot. Sala Emmy. Emma, Emma Lolly. Emma Lolly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So did you know your character tracks with your life, right? Mm-hmm. So did you know from the very beginning, and I want to talk about the house that you guys film in. Mm-hmm. Did you know from the very beginning that your character would also, that food was going to be this important thing? Because your character cooks. A lot of characters, you never see them eat. Well, that drives me crazy. So being an actor almost my whole life, when I would see people or be in scenes with people and nobody's putting food in their mouths, it's yeah. like, eat the fucking food. You know what I mean? Make, sell, Make it real. Sell the story. Yeah, right. Make it real. So there was a, a moment in season two when I am making a lasagna. And so I said to my prop person, I said, can you get me all of these ingredients? And I'm just going to make it. I said, I need the fresh pasta, the sheets, the sausage, everything. I gave her all the ingredients. I did a scene where I gave Olivia, who plays Duke, the youngest girl. I love her. The great, She's amazing. She's I don't want to pick favorites. Like, that's maybe your job as a mother to do. But, it's like, fine. Duke really does stuff to me. There you go. Yeah. So she's in the scene with me, and she's grating the cheese she's grating the parm and so um i say to her in the scene you want to help me make the layers and she's like no she wants to be on her ipad the ex-father-in-law is the conductor yeah he's he's conducting this little mini symphony i had we shot at the orpheum in la i like wanted this whole thing and so when we were done i said to my camera guys i said just shoot me making the lasagna yeah i didn't know what i was going to do with it but this was part of my process from season one to two to three to four of, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to have it. I'm going to leave a little bit of space, right. even though I shoot one episode in four days and we, we block shoot. So it's like I could shoot pieces of like eight episodes in a day and, right. you know, 10 pages a day. Oh, wow. it's, 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 it's a lot. But I, I said, let's shoot me doing this. And so then the editor of that episode, Annette Davey, she cut it all together with him conducting uh. and me doing the layers and uh, the thing that I, I that I demanded that I said, I got to have the stove working. Right. There's got to be smoke coming off the food. Right. There's got to be steam and heat and sizzling uh. and all of this stuff. Because you can tell, especially as a tell. cook, when you watch. Yeah. It's like so not real. It's like not even... It it's just it becomes a meaningless thing. Yeah. A prop it's just prop. Like yeah. you can tell. It's a bummer. So when you see the steam coming off of the sauce and she's spooning the yeah. sauce and then she's putting the layers down and then another layer of the sauce and the cheese and the meat and then putting it in the oven, closing yeah. the oven, walking away. It's extremely satisfying because 
people like to see a process. That's yes. why that's why you want to talk to me and why I want to talk to you. We want to know about each other's process. Yeah. So what I'm doing in my show, it's it's almost like I'm making a delicious peanut butter chocolate smoothie, but I'm putting spinach in it. Right. So it's like it's goodness, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to put like I almost it, it's it's embarrassing. It's like a PBS show. It's like lessons. It's life lessons, <laughs> but it's dirty. You want it to be funny. Yeah. You want it to be human. Yeah. But, so it's and not perfect. Like there's exactly. also something to the cooking that feels very real to me when you're doing it, and you can tell that it's just you doing it. You're nobody. Right. No one came on set with you to show you how to hold the knife. You hold the knife the way you hold the knife. That's right. And and the kitchen that you guys are in also feels incredibly real in mm-hmm. that there's crap everywhere. Yeah. Like the blender's over there by the side so and there's bottles on and there's the like set, stuff. That's called GAC. Okay. Okay. Because the house is filled with right. that, but that also makes it feel really real. Like that table by the front door where right. you... You know, you brought that up. Drop your keys. Mm -hmm. I looked at that. I was like, yeah, that's real. That's that's real life. Like nobody has like a white, perfect freaking thing. No, not on my show. And and not in my life either. Even though my show mom does. (laughs) She has a basket of mail. No, she's got a basket where like the mail is. But it's like a it's like a constant push and pull between her and my dad. Exactly. Like it has to. The, the crap has to stay below the level, the top level of no the basket. No piles over You can't here. go above the basket. There you go. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. Well, it's cute. Well, <clears throat> the thing about the house in my show, the pilot house, which is the first episode of season one. Okay. The second episode, totally different Okay, because I don't even remember that we very first episode. The, the house that we did the pilot when we got picked up. And so what, for people who haven't seen it, the house that you that the show takes place in is this like Spanish style, yeah. kind of rambling, exactly. but really beautiful house with the staircase right off the front and the bedroom. But I mean, for a New Yorker, I'm like, oh, look at those. Be- Everybody's got a big closet and yeah. those like Los Angeles bathrooms. We have those like rambling. We have a lot of canyons. Right. So you never like there's all these secrets right. in, these, in these canyons. There's these old houses and. So, you know, season one, my set dresser, like I walked into the house and I looked down at that table that you're talking about and there was a pink scarf swirled and some tchotchkes that like had nothing. And I go, no, 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 bro. Come here. Come here. (laughs) I go, do I look like I'm doing an episode of Desperate Housewives? Like, (laughs) why is this pink scarf swirled here? Right. This is not me. So it's constantly been a learning, you know what I mean? Yes. An experience for everybody on my crew because they tend to do things. The prop guy in season one put a wedding ring on one of the moms. I'm doing a scene with her and I go, what the hell is on your ring? She had a lightsaber. She goes, oh, he gave it to me. I go, who? She points to the prop guy. I go over to him. I go, what are you doing? Matt, what are you doing? He goes, well, um, because she has kids. And I'm doing a show about it's every, everybody's relearning yes. on my show. And so that's why I always need everything practical. Yes. And by now, they've learned she's going to want to use this, the stove. She's going to want to turn on the sink. She's going to want to use the water. She's going to want to flush the toilet. Yes, I'm going to want to flush the toilet. That's right. Because otherwise, I wouldn't be cry laughing exactly. or crapping Graphing. at home. Exactly. Because it is like real in the way that it's not perfect. 
and it's a little gunky and messy and that could be talking about like what's happening in the kitchen but also right. their emotional lives yep. are like you know a little messed up like yeah. those children are rude sometimes and I my 10 year old is sometimes so insanely rude to me that we are like, dragging you on this podcast bro <laughs> the baby's getting dragged it's like rude vegan I live with oh it's such <laughs> God. But yeah, it's pretty mm. real. Okay, there was another cooking scene that I have to ask you about because I was like, I don't know what she is making. Mm-hmm. And now they're eating pasta. So you were like in the kitchen and there's avocado. You're like cutting open oh, yeah. avocados yeah. And, it, and everything's going in the blender. Yes. And it looks like maybe it's going to be a green gazpacho or like maybe. Oh, yeah. And this is like having uh-huh. someone like me. Well, I'm like, I got to try to figure out what she's put. Like, is yeah. it going to be a salsa? Is it? you know a smoothie is it what and then 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 there's basil goes in yes and then you guys are eating pasta yes is that a this is like the most la thing i'm ever gonna ask anyone yes was that avocado pesto yes (laughs) carla yes so you were like avocado toast good Avocado so, pesto pasta for for you for you vegan <laughs> oh, vegetarian omega you're omega threeing me there right you now go. okay there you go and you know it's one of those great things that you could put on those zoodles sorry dude sorry once in a while I can get down with some zoodles you know I have to saying? be in Costa Rica this is like an LA <laughs> thing but also I did have something the other day that was so good. And it was zucchini carpaccio. Yeah, see, I, I keep trying to thing. love zucchini. And one of the ways is through carpaccio. But if you don't eat it the second it's on the plate, it just turns into a bowl of water. This is the only <laughs> way to eat zucchini. There's yeah. two ways that I obsess over. Okay. One is if it's steamed perfectly. You take it out before it's mush, salt and pepper. That's it. Fine. Obsessed. Eh. Grilled. Okay grilled with the olive oil and the salt and pepper with the char sure. right on the zucchini. Char, super important. You're going to love that. Okay. <laughs> You're going to love the way it tastes, I guarantee it. Maybe if I watched you eat it. This and then I would so be like... <laughs> anyway, I put my creamy avocado on so my zoodles. So it's like if you don't have pine nuts, the like pine nuts. use avocado? Yeah, you know, it, pine nuts are optional. Okay. Always optional, but what I do is I add some spinach to make it greener. Yes. The basil kills it. Yes. I love it so much. Lemon. Okay. Olive oil. Salt. Just had to check. I didn't know if Don't like maybe in one it. scene you guys were like, oh, I'm going to make, this is going to be like Tex-Mex night and we're going to have right some kind of tomatillo avocado thing yeah and then you were like oh we cut that scene but we're gonna keep the dinner scene with the pesto but no yeah but (laughs) you know i it's just like they they'll say to me we need to know okay you're cooking in this scene you're in the kitchen in the next two episodes what are you cooking i'll be like uh okay just get me some rack of lamb you know and then i'll just give them ingredients or anything like that I do an English breakfast in uh, yeah. like the second yes. episode or first episode this season. And I showed it to my daughter and she goes, Mom, I want you to make me English <laughs> breakfast. But, you know, that's something that I like, you know, and and I like Marmite on right. toast. I like dark rye, yeah. pumpernickel bread. Yes. It's my favorite. Yeah. But um, I, I'm a total novice. 
I don't know what I'm doing. I'm embarrassed to be sitting here at a table Why? talking about food with Not you. Not at all. No, I love it. Because uh, I can tell you're making the food that you make. Yeah. The reason the food like resonates so much for me mm-hmm. is, first of all, it looks real. That's a big compliment but to me. But then, well, you're co- you cook. But then also, I really connect with the way that food works in this dynamic yeah which is like so much about what really food is in in my life that I've learned now like as like the age that I remember my mom being you know in this weird life cycle thing it's like how we are together right and it's like how you're together with your people but then sometimes it's just like how you're together with yourself so when I ate the buttered hollow with the salt yesterday yeah it like restored me. It was like, yep. I, it was like this the moment, all these moments that are like pleasure, but also sustenance, but also just like time out or a creative process. But then the way it works between your character and, and yep. the kids, especially in the f- season finale, I'm not spoiling because like season three is out, go get it. Oh yeah. But there's a lot of cooking in the finale. Yeah. And like, the way that you use that chili, there's like when you're making the chili yeah. and it's a way to like lure. Yeah, Frankie. Lure Frankie back yeah. home. And it made me think about, you know, just basically like baiting a wild animal. <laughs> like a fear, getting a feral cat to trust you again. I know. But that's like what food, that's that connection. And then. I, I give it to her and she just shames me. She's yeah. like, why would I want that? I ate it. And I go, don't leave the thermos. Exactly. It's expensive. And I, kept, <laughs> you, like, I kept thinking like, yeah, are you going to trust her with that thermos? No, that's a Stanley. Because no. like what people, what those people do, and I'm talking about like teenagers. Yeah. They will leave something in a thermos for oh, so don't. long. <laughs> the therm, like if a thermos could explode, yes. it would. Like it, it, you, you found it the day before, <laughs> yeah. and you're the one who right. got the fun job of opening it, and it explodes in your face. I mean, have you had that? I have. Oh my god! Mostly with smoothies, but like, how long has this smoothie Oof. been making kombucha? <laughs> In a sealed, like a hermetically sealed oh my God. thing. And then that's the, th- it's like, this costs $30. Yep. This container. That drives like, me crazy. Sorry, mom. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's like, we're not like, buying plastic bottles, so right. we don't make landfill, but now I got to throw this $30 Stanley that's, Steamer thermos that's out. filled with like, <laughs> vomit. Fun, like smoothie sauerkraut. Exactly. How do you even make that? I know. And then at the end, when Frankie comes back, yeah, and the and there's what's unsaid, and she just Sam just pushes yeah. a plate over, and pulls the foil off, and that was funny too. It was funny to me because it's like a salmon fillet. Yes, <laughs> I was like, of all the things, I love. I I could just see you enlarging, yeah. going, "What did she make?" <laughs> oh, it's a salmon I enlarge. fillet. I'm like, I'm reclined, okay. but I'm. It's a yeah. laptop. Yeah. So, <laughs> but at the end of the episode, your daughters then present you with the cake yeah which is like I mean I just started bawling right but but later I realized it wasn't just the gesture but like they made the cake so that that role reversal of this like comfort and pleasure that they were given and like the time that they took and like that they went through 
because that cake, there's the Easter episode too, where you make the cake to give to oh, your mom, yeah. which then you put the giant chocolate bunny on top. I Carla, died. I did died. You die? I died. When you were grading the carrot, I was like, is she making a carrot salad? Is it going to be carrot salad with raisins? Is it going to, oh, she's carrot cake. I, so, I swear to God, that whole thing was. We shot that, of course, totally not anywhere near Easter, uh-huh. and the prop people couldn't find chocolate bunnies. Oh. So I told them, I said, call Edelweiss Candy Kitchen in Beverly Hills, where they still make their own chocolate. They have the beautiful copper machines, oh and it's where Lucy did the assembly line chocolate. Oh my chocolate. gosh, really? And I take everybody there. They know me. They let me go in the back, and sh- they're hand-making oh their own chocolate. I used to go there when I was 10 years old and spend my allowance, when we first moved to California, spend my entire allowance on honeycomb chocolate Ugh, at Edelweiss. Yum. So I said, go there. They'll have chocolate bunnies, of course. And so he gets me three. So I gave one to Duke. Yeah. And then we broke one up and we had it in this container that we kept freezing. And every once in a while, (laughs) we would give people from the crew a piece. And I never craved chocolate anymore since I was a kid. But this chocolate, you can taste when something is made in that way. And the same way. I feel like people talk about that with certain packaged foods that like it doesn't like if you haven't had you know whatever a Snickers or a Hershey's Kiss or a a Butterfinger in a long time and you crave it right and you have it now yeah people always say like oh it doesn't taste the same as I remember you know why it's not because of your memory they don't make it the same that's exactly the stuff is not made the same as it was when you had that first childhood memory that's but that chocolate they're not messing with that so there was one bunny in the kitchen when I was making the cake and the bunny's enormous it's like an eight inch tall bunny and so because you know Forrest my camera guy is just shooting all around me and I just looked at the bunny and I was like huh and I grabbed it and I put it on top of the cake and you had you never done that before never I was like chocolate on the carrot cake okay chocolate bunny (laughs) on the white cake I was like genius move boom done they're going to write books about this moment. But it's this, Carla. I got it. Carla. <laughs> okay. Talked about the the house, the house having that kitchen yep. as being part, because I feel like the house is a character. Yes, and it like is. And the kitchen, and the way that it feels like the lived in. Right. So did you look at houses that had shitty, ki- like, was that a deal no, breaker? No, it was, it was based on, you know, I needed a house that had the vibe, like, what... I wanted the aesthetic for the show. You, you're exactly right. The house was a character, and I needed to cast the house. So very painstakingly did that with the, the pilot house. Then we got picked up for series. We couldn't shoot on that street. Right. So we found a house that was an alternative, and we shot there for the first two seasons. And then so hard, difficult to shoot at a practical house, finally built the house. Wow. So it's a build season three and season four. Oh, wow. The most incredible craftsman built this house. Unbelievable. And so it's like Capricorn One. I don't know if you know this movie, but like Diedrich would come to the set and Rebecca and Alicia and they would walk in and they would think that they were still in Pasadena where the other house was. Totally completely trip you out it had to feel organic that's why I resisted building yeah I wanted it to feel like 
a home. The, so and that the, kitchen, the garage is, has stuff. Yes, and there exactly. Are, everybody's all smoking weed in the garage. Exactly. And it's like, you can't like fake that way that looks. Well, that is the real house it garage. Is. So for the exteriors, we go to the real house Got still it. to keep it feeling real. But that was a hard one for me. And these people are just incredible yeah. craftsmen who do that. Did you learn to cook through the food that your parents made or did your, was there a person? I feel like cooking, unlike other, I would other always ask professions. People. Yeah. Cooking is one of those things where like, unlike anything else, like being an architect or a, you know, a rocket scientist or, or any other profession really that people will tell you everything they know. And so what, who like that, were there people in your life who, Turned were, you on to cooking. Yeah. You know, I went with my, uh, my friend Lisa to where her family is from, like in St. Croix. And I remember her cousin brought over this brown stewed chicken. That's the brown chicken you were talking about before? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm still chasing the dragon of that first taste that she brought her leftovers in the Tupperware in St. Croix. Oh, my God. And I died (laughs) and then her other cousin patty was making these barbecue burgers and the kids were jumping off the dock and then her aunt made coquito Mm. the drink Mm -hmm. those three things on that trip uh, just have stayed with me and they'll never taste the same forever so you know and then anytime i had like a babysitter or something i'm like oh you're from belize do you know how to make brown <laughs> stewed chicken by any chance? And I have looked at every kind of forum and this and that, and I get the recado, the seasoning, and every single thing is like trial by fire learning experience yeah. for me. So I still haven't gotten it to the place that I want it, you know. And then I had this lovely Indian actress in my show this season, and she said that she has spice kits. Oh that she makes to make it easier because of all the of the different le- spices that you're combining and all the levels right. of making the food. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm constantly in season one, this guy comes and I want to get rid of this table in my garage. And he said, if you give right. me $200, I'll take him. I'm like, you want me to pay you? And he's like kind of weird and <laughs> yeah. scary. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. But uh, why don't you take these books and how about these chickens? I have three. I don't know. I can't. I don't even know how to defrost them. And then the last beat of the scene, I just go, hey, wait a second. How are you going to cook that? Right. The chicken. So that's a little inkling about who Sam is as a character and who I am. Mm-hmm. Because even if I have a weird moment, I'm like, where are you from? How right. Are you, how can we how connect do you make right the chicken? now? Totally. You know, I mean. Defrosting. I mean, I have so many questions for you. It's not fair, Carl. <laughs> Defrosting. I don't. Number one. Do you wash your chicken before you roast I never it? Never wash. Why would you wash a chicken? You know what you're doing when you wash a chicken? You're you're throwing. All, you're throwing you're all the nutrition raw, away. No, you're throwing raw chicken yes, exactly. water all over everywhere. your kitchen. You know who has the cleanest kitchens? The like dumb bachelors who don't know how to cook right. because there's no food ever, t- no raw food ever That's touched right. any surface. You That's could so funny. eat out of those sinks. You start washing a chicken, well, you gotta, you gotta now you gotta wash your this drain. Literally <laughs> took me years. I don't believe years in wa- to figure you it out. You could pat the chicken dry if you want to like. My chickens make, are dry. I buy them dry. Yeah, That's fine. Just dry, air packaging. chilled, yeah. chilling. 
Yeah, okay. I, I finally stopped washing chicken uh, several years ago because Good. it was making me crazy. I was like, I can't be here. I can't be here now. I, like, I need a team to come clean. I'm not like very, you know, persnickety about food, like everything being cooked through or certain temperatures or like right. just like scare phobias about that. Raw chicken juice is one of the things I don't I don't yeah. care for. We don't I don't care need for to like throw that. I'll eat some raw beef burger. Yeah. You know, but oh. like I don't want I don't want chicken sashimi like juice. Yeah, Like your mom. How about a little uh, lightning round? OK. So these are like some either ors. OK. And you just have to choose one. OK. But it's for the rest of your life. It's easy. We'll start easy. I'm Co- scared. Coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Same. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> I just want us to have the same. <laughs> I thought about long run, so. Long run. Yeah. Wine or vodka? Vodka. Vodka. You went the, the, the colonoscopy with the vodka and the. I had to. I died. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Favorite way to cook an egg? Oh, God. Just That's one. That's my thing. Okay. Which one way? Sunny side up. Oh, cool. Just Non-stick a fried pan? egg. And do you ever turn her over? No. Just like full sunny side? No, but I put, I, I let it cook. Yes. Edges, yeah. crunchy, lid a little lid. bit. We just, the steam fried. There you go. It's critical. It's the best. It's and also I'm making jammy ramen eggs now. And oh, I'm, good. I'm obsessed. How many minutes? Six. Great. Love it. Okay. California veggie sandwich or veggie burger? Veggie burger. Oh, interesting. Love a California veggie. So. Mm-hmm. Apple pan or pie and burger? Apple pan. What are you? <laughs> Have you been to pie and burger? No. It's special. Okay. It's in Pasadena. Apple pan was in my show. I know. And it was one of the first places I ate when I moved to LA. Okay. So again, food, memory, connection. Huge. 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 Froyo or Baskin Robbins? Froyo. Froyo? <laughs> Over Baskin Robbins? I don't, uh, well. <laughs> okay, bubblegum. Pink bubblegum ice cream. They don't make it anymore. They don't. You know, I don't care about Is Baskin Robbins like a and... California thing? Here's the thing. Is it? There's a place yeah. called Go Greek and mm. they fly it in. This is my favorite way to have frozen yogurt. And this is why I said Froyo. They have flax seeds that are ground. You have to grind it them. It tastes like graham cracker crust. Yum. It's actually the best thing ever and i bring my own hot honey hilarious and i pour the hot honey on the tart frozen yogurt with with the the ground flax seeds boom see i bring my own nutritional yeast to the movies to put on the popcorn yes (laughs) and you're walking around with hot honey that ups the game see i said condiments baby (laughs) aleppo pepper with the nutritional yeast on the popcorn? Are you kidding? Hello? What? I mean, throw in some peanut M&Ms, too. Why Little don't salty you? salty sweet. Oh, yes. the best. Okay. One food you just don't like. Just don't care for it. Not my favorite. What did your daughter say? Not my favorite. Your brown chicken. Just a thick filet of fish. Yeah. Some, it, it, it's about the cut of everything for me. Like so a big turn me swordfish off steak that's like not my thing yeah not for me same it has to be a flaky thin uh, you know same same for a steak or something like that you ruined it (laughs) you gotta no you you ruined it is it hard for other people to cook for you no no 
I'm a very gracious. And you make the good food noises. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like the burping. <laughs> right. Yes. Dogs or cats? I'm allergic to cats, but I like them very much. I'm a dog dogs. guy There's all the two way. Dogs. Okay. Dog. That's cool. Dog all no the way. No wrong answers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Love it. Whole Foods or Erewhon? Just trying to think of all my LA questions. Okay, here's the thing. I feel very strongly, like I was vegetarian for a long time in my late teens and in my 20s, and Erewhon was it. And I used to see Anthony Kiedis, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like sitting outside of Erewhon eating. Oh my God. And Whole Foods was a place called Mrs. Gooch's. Mrs. Gooch's became Whole Foods. So how about not Whole Foods, not Erewhon, but Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Okay, I was going to say Trader Joe's or Ralph's. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. I never went to a Trader Greatest Joe's until thing. I was in LA. And then everybody was like, oh my God, Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's. I was like, I yeah. don't even know what this it's is. Incredible. I grew up in New York City. We didn't get our first Although one the, until- in Ralph's, they have Murray's Cheese oh. now. They have a whole Murray's Cheese shop section. It's a game change. There you go. Love cheese. Rice or pasta? Rice. Rice, me too. Yeah. That's a hard one. When I realized that it was rice. I went rice, through it. I know. All but the, forever. 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 Rice. And then least favorite pasta shape. Like for me, a penne, penne. penne without a ridge. Oh my God. Stop it. Come on. So I just, my Did sister. Did you see that, Emma? <laughs> Baby, a penne without a ridge. Get the fuck out of my kitchen. Like seriously. Oh, favorite taco and where do you go to get it? Tacos Mexico. Okay. Which is a small chain in the valley. Nice. You can eat. Uh, it's the Al Pastor mm. is my favorite. Love. With the cilantro and onions, um, the refried beans. Yes. The queso fresco kills me. <laughs> Killer. It's not the fancy. If people mm. go there to go to get to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's no it's- frills. Unbelievable. You won't have any better. Tacos Mexico. Yep. In the Valley. Yep. You heard it here first, people. Chain in the Valley <laughs> in LA. Kimchi or sauerkraut? Forever. I mean, yeah. Kimchi. That's the game. Kimchi. Good for you. Same. <laughs> Carla. Although, like, spicy sour, I mean, what's the diff? We're really? out. We this are. This is, like, intense. I mean, they're kind of the same. Okay, so when you're cooking and people well, say- fermented. You know yeah. what? Anything fermented. Anything. Bring it. All, all of it. All of the days. All. Buttermilk, yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, when you're cooking and people, people oh, say- Oh, yogurt 100% because I went down like- Right. Because you're going to you marinate literally, chicken, everything. You could just add water to the yogurt. The greatest. And kind of make buttermilk. You absolutely can. And you can't make yogurt out of buttermilk. No, you can't. No. I've there tried. No, I've never tried. Okay, you're cooking. Having people over. People say, what can I bring? What do you tell them? Bring yourself. Um, yeah. We're good. <laughs> Nothing. Not even bag of ice. No. No, something to drink. I take care of it all. And you don't want people to like. No. Even your friends who cook. No. What what's really hard for me is when people bring dessert. Yeah, like the, what kind of shit is this? You're bringing me like five boxes of Magnolia Bakery. Nobody eats it because guess what? I'm serving ice cream with hot fruit on top I of it. I thought about this. Why I'm putting I... hot honey on vanilla ice cream? Yeah, do you have a problem? Why do? Why? Yeah, you think I didn't think through all the steps? You think anybody's gonna eat cupcakes in a box? 
No. No. Don't bring anything, bro. I got the primos. I got the wine. <laughs> I got the tequila. I love it. If I ever have the joy of being cooked for by you, oh, I will bring li- literally nothing. Perfect. <laughs> love it. Thank you so much for doing this. It was such a pleasure. It's my honor. I'm thrilled. Thank you. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced and edited by Emma Wurtzman, with additional programming help from Carrie Polis and Elise Namine. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wurtzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to reach out to us about this episode or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.